0: Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, the official podcast of the Parksville, Qualcomm Beach News. I'm Peter McCulley. Today's guest on our program is a musician's musician. He's got four gold records, 22 singles, two Junos, seven nominations for Junos, and an Order of Canada to his credit. So today we welcome Valdi.
1: Hello, Peter. It's good to be here and good to see you
0: again. Yes, it's been a while. Yep. How many miles has it been since we've seen each other, do you suppose?
1: Well... I was doing 200 gigs a year in 1999. And each gig would require either a drive or an airplane ride, 20 times across the country, basically. Wow. So I'm
0: really happy that you dropped in to chat with us. It sounds like you're happy to be out back on the road playing gigs.
1: Mr. Man, I'll tell you, it doesn't get any better than this. This actual eyebrows out there in the audience and people who respond in subtle or not-so-subtle ways— Playing to a lens, as you know, is an entirely different gig, which is I, I've had to revert to it for the length of this pandemic, and I'm not letting it go because I have a much larger reach online than I do in person, but actual humanity is just, oh, it's so warm and it's just, it pulses, you know, is a, there's a give and take to it and a rhythm that's just, it's like falling back into a comfortable pair of slippers.
0: And you have been on the road for many years.
1: Yes, I started in. Oh, I was it was 1963, I think, when I started touring. Mm-hmm. I was 18 and uh, just been at it ever since.
0: Okay, and you've got a birthday coming up.
1: I do, sir. I'm going to be 75. No, I'm going to be 76 on September the first.
0: And the road, and you still miss it, <clears throat> and you still have the energy for it.
1: I do. I'm getting good at it now.
0: <laughs> Repetition. I caught you on social media a few times. Uh, You had a program called Live at Five. I I guess you're still doing
1: it. I'm going to maintain that as long as I can. Every Sunday, presently, I'm on Facebook, and a lot of people don't do Facebook, so they don't don't have access to it. I've been on every Sunday at 5 o'clock Pacific time on a group page on Facebook called Valdi Fan Page, and people have to join the group, which is adjudicated, Mm -hmm. and there's a couple of rules, like you can't advertise anything but me. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it's a lovely community of people, getting up to 2,000 people on there now, and everybody has a story, and that's going to help me as time goes by to uh, assemble facts for some sort of a dissertation, podcast, book, whatever Mm -hmm. it'll be. Who knows? Some of these stories now, that's what I
0: found interesting about the fan page when I found it was that you're in conversation with some of these folks who said, hey, I saw you in North Bay.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember the gig and talk about this and that concerning that town or that gig or the people I met there, yeah?
0: Yeah, the story behind the story. Yep. What's the most interesting one you've run across in the last little while?
1: Um, Memories of playing in the old Massey Hall in Toronto, the concert hall to play in if one was to reach 3,000 people at a time. And it sounded pretty good. And. The memory of that was going in there and opening for Sean Phillips from southeastern United States, Georgia, I think. And a nice man and a great player. Diamond Joe White and I were going across the country in a spring celebration tour. And we set up our own lighting grid on stage, which was very, very hokey, but it worked. It was a low-budget thing, and we're going into the premium stage in Canada. The union guys weren't very happy about this because (laughs) they had to set it up, and they had no idea how to do it. We couldn't touch anything in there. We did a good show, and then Sean Phillips came out and played with the synthesizer for a while to try to win the crowd over. But it didn't work. There was catcalling from the third balconies and stuff, and and he had a hard time with that. So that was memorable for me. It was the second last time I played there. We went back in again with the hometown band when we were on tour. Little stories like that, that people bring up, times I was in, in Morden, Manitoba, or Antigonish, Nova Scotia, or uh, Stan Rogers Folk Festival. <laughs> I get a lot of people from the Maritimes talking about that. I did the first five, and then I said to the organizers, I said, this this isn't fair. <laughs> I mean, I love this festival, and I love the people, but and I was glad to get it off the ground, but go with other people. And now his son is running it. And so there's a whole new constituency up there. Then COVID hit and all of the venues and festivals got shut down. And now we're helping the rev it back up again. And this gig we did, Gary and I, at the Knox United Church here in Parksville was full. And it was so good to have their opening gig be full as opposed to trickling in with moderate success. It's a big smile as opposed to a, hmm, that was okay.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, you started on the road at 18, so how did the whole music thing start? Talk us through it.
1: I was a probably a piano student for five years. I only got to grade three because I was a bad student. I did my own compositions and started studying uh, stride piano and boogie-woogie and, and uh, some blues, but mostly boogie. Jimmy Yancey, Meadlux Lewis, people like that, as a pianist. And this is age 9, 10, 11, 12. And then at 13, my friend Bob Graham, he was getting a new guitar, so I got his old one. As I said in the song, it was the worst old hand-me-down you ever could have seen. But it worked, and I learned to play on it. Uh, subsequently, I bought my own instruments at, I think, 14. I got a paper route, made some money, and I bought a Regent semi-acoustic electric guitar. Couldn't afford an amplifier. I dabbled in this, dabbled in that, and finally got a really good guitar in 1964, I think it was, in Regina. And I've still got that instrument now. What is that? It's a Martin D-28, made in 1951. And when I found it, it had no pegs, no frets, and no tuning pegs. It was just totally stripped open, a piece of wood, and the back was off it. So I took it to an older guy in a, a different music store. I didn't think that was the right store to have it fixed in, you know. <laughs> so I, I took it to uh, National Music, and old Jess fixed that up. He was just about to retire, and he fixed that guitar for me for, I think he charged me 160 bucks. I paid 50 for it. So I was $210 into this, which in 1964 is a lot of money. I'm making like 10 bucks a week playing on the road. It's proved to be a good instrument. And you know what, Peter? That instrument has been away from me for the length of this pandemic. Came back from Florida in February of 2020 and was driving across the country in a little Honda I had just bought. And I was coming back in two weeks to play in Barrie. And so I said, well, why am I taking this guitar through the winter all the way out to the West Coast and then paying an airline 50 bucks to fly it back again with me? (laughs) So I left it in Barrie. Then the pandemic hit. And it's still there. It's still there. You left uh, Ottawa, I guess it was, right? Yes. I left Ottawa and hitchhiked out as far. I was heading for the oil fields. And so I got as far as Manitoba. I was heading up to work for a construction company in the oil fields, which is probably now Fort McMurray. This is in 1965. I got as far as Winnipeg, met a couple of people, and there was a fourth dimension coffee house there. Uh, So I started to attend that. And I bought a 12-string guitar and got a job playing at a ranch house. Too young to play in a bar, but the guy had never heard a 12-string before. And it made so much noise, he hired me. I wasn't very good. (laughs) Uh, That gave me a leg up and learning how to deal with a room that don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed in Winnipeg for that summer, as opposed to going up and making money. I made friends and kind of built my own culture up a bit went back to Ottawa, and the house I had been living in for all those years had been torn down. I wasn't much of a letter writer. Was there something in the water
0: in Winnipeg in the 60s? Um, Randy Bachman, Burton Cummings, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Valdy, mm-hmm. all honing their craft in the same spot?
1: I wouldn't put Joni there. Joni was more Saskatoon. Okay. All the others you mentioned, yes. And Diane Hetherington, who was an a R&B rocker out of Winnipeg, Rocky Roletti, Herman Froom. Gord Osland, God, they were good. it's a rock and roll town, and that's what it is. And then the late Mitch Podolik showed up, started to uh, develop a folk music thing, and Mitch then started the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which has been one of the lighthouse in terms of the culture and the development of festivals across the country, because it's been a guiding light, and it's very successful and uh, starting to sell out now. Which, I mean, you sell out a venue at 20,000 people out in the woods. Wow. It's just incredible. So, yes, uh, the whole scene in Winnipeg is concentric. That's why so many marketing companies use Winnipeg as a test market, because if it works there, chances are it's going to work anywhere because it has equal competition. It's isolated, and there's not a huge influence from all the other marketers there. So I think Winnipeg grew up to be a rock and roll town, and thus Randy Backman and the Guess Who and uh, all of the other bands that from and continue to come out of there. It's because of its isolation. I know Graham Shaw, he moved to Toronto and got into the jingle business, but to this day he remains a dedicated rocker with an incredible pop sense. If you're a pegger, you just, it's DNA. Searching
0: for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings, all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. Let's go to songwriting for a moment. You've written... Do you know how many songs you've written? No. No idea. No. How do they come to you? Do you, I've talked to people who say, you know what, I have a pocket full of scraps of paper with this word and that sentence and this idea. How's the process work for you?
1: The 10% is writing it down. The 90% is finishing the song. And that usually gets on the back burner because mm-hmm. life gets in the way. So yes, I have boxes of those pieces of paper with brilliant ideas on them properly applied. And uh, one day I'll delve through them. As I'm tidying up, being a Virgo, you'll understand this, I'm a, <laughs> I like to keep as, as clean a deck as I can. My wife is tittering as she's hearing this, because <laughs> there's no evidence of that at home. But, and as I'm cleaning up, I, I notice these little lines, and that tweaks it again. So having them around as little reminders is like having post-it notes on the fridge for a songwriter. And that's how we take ideas and say cross-pollinate ideas. And perhaps even that's how novels and and short stories get written as well. I think that music, representative of, of how we're living, it becomes a mirror of what's going on in life. And people who hear certain songs they go to that era in their life when they first heard it. And most of the emotions and the likes and dislikes and biases that we held at the time when we heard that song are evident. It may not affect us the same way, but they're still there. And I think culturally music acts kind of like photographs in terms of remembering. And so I'm going to do a song called Some Faces there was a woman on Salt Spring Island, where Kathleen and I live. She was collecting photographs of people's faces for years, 30 years of it, in fact. Tamar Grigg, and collated all of these pictures of 30 years of snapping them into a show at Artspring and asked me if I'd come and play a couple of tunes for her. And I, I thought, this is, a, this is her gig, not mine, so I have to do something unique to her. So I did this song called Some Faces Here Some Faces We All some of these faces just had to go Frail fabric with small tears Time alone repairs Some faces are past their prime The some we're seeing for the first time These faces can move I've been moved by a few, mostly faces that have moved on, long gone, strong emotions still rise, that soul-sucking Jezebel, she went and rang my bell. Some faces have tales to relate Some of them are just stay blank slate Crooked grin from all classmates Faces tell the truth Some faces stand out in a crowd Some of them have been cash cows Like aging celebrities now long in the tooth And still reaching out for youth Mostly faces with a worried cast Hurrying fast past the finest moments of life That time-sucking Jezebel She went and rang my bell Still reaching out for youth As if it was some elixir It's just a trickster Pulling the wool over Visualize That sight-sucking Jezebel She got to me as well Some faces we all know. Quite observational, that tune. Yeah. I I wrote that in New Zealand, actually. I was touring in New Zealand with Graham Wardrop, and Tamar had asked me about this a while ago, and that idea came up. I just sat down under an odd tree that I've never seen before, and that came out. North Island, we were playing up at a, a lawn bowling club in the North Island on the east side. What makes you the most proud about your career thus far? I think my marriage with Kathleen. Because I've been so lucky to have a woman who is has the flexibility to deal with me and love me for that. And also to be my best friend, which means she kicks me in the shins every once in a while. That to me is the real bump in the road that has made my career last a long time. And we are having our 35th wedding anniversary next week. That, I think, is number one. Number two is that my mother encouraged me to play. And my dad never really stopped me from playing. I would come home from school and go up to the second floor of the house and pound away on the piano. And I've got side 13 feet, and I was, I was playing boogie-woogie. And he would come up from downstairs because it was dust falling on his customers down there. We had the European model where the business was in the main floor, and work done in the basement. He was a photographer, a portrait photographer. Then the family would live above that, and so he'd come up and he'd say, "Stop playing so loud." But he never said, "Stop playing." Just please don't play so loud. You're disturbing my customers downstairs. So I would, I'd go off into some Beethoven or something, mm-hmm. which I had taught myself by ear. I'm not a reader. I don't read well at all.
0: It I, is amazing how many musicians I run into who, who say they cannot read music. Cannot read music. Yeah. yeah.
1: I've learned to write a chart and I can read charts and I can read accents and whatnot, which is the important part. If you sat me down in front of a blizzard of 30 second notes, I'm dead in the water. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up to date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.
0: You play all types of music, music you've written, music that those who have influenced you have uh, written, and music that I suspect you play primarily just because it's entertaining. Do you have a preference at all?
1: I like it all. I like it all because as a folk singer, it's, my job is still in, as an entertainer is to pass on information to people in an acceptable way or a digestible way, not to be strident and not to tell people how to live their lives. In- inobtrusive, but bugging people enough that something has to be done about this or that, sing a song about it and bring it to people's attention, mm-hmm. but not hit them over the head with it. That's my role. And I think as a songwriter, I aim in that direction, but when I'm selecting songs from other people, I do that as well. And some of them were just for entertainment. Most recent song I learned was Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohen. Music is such a glue for community, that, and it's been missing because of COVID. It coheses the community music, both in church, in school, in community choirs, in theater, in all manner of things, and just people whistling. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear people whistling because you couldn't hear people. <laughs> so we're back now. We're back.
0: What's something about you that most people familiar with your work would not know, other than your full name is?
1: Paul Waldemar Horstel, same Paul. as my dad. Okay. Yeah, he got the Paul, I got the Waldemar.
0: What would uh, folks not know about you or be surprised to find out about you? How's
1: that? Uh, one thing I'm proud of is that I'm, I'm a really good with a chainsaw. Not many people would know that because it's kind of a solitary thing. I can fall okay. don't like falling snags, but I can fall. But I use it for carpentry too, just for the rough carpentry because it's, it's so quick and easy and portable. And then get out the finer blades for uh, finishing work.
0: What advice would you give to someone pursuing a career path similar to your own?
1: Don't give up with the first rejection slip. Just like authors, they paper their wall with rejection slips. And number 300, Stephen King finally got published. Don't give up, keep at it. Go and listen to as many people as you can, get influenced, and go and perform in front of audiences at open mics anywhere you can. Because the more mileage that one gets in front of an audience, the more honed the delivery. It's like being comfortable in a chair and it's evident that I'm comfortable in it or I'm sitting in the edge of my chair and that's equally as evident. So the more mileage people have performing, the more comfortable they are in the groove of what they're doing. If someone's not comfortable, their audience isn't going to be comfortable. So it takes mileage. Can we get one more tune before we go? Just a quickie here. i got to get down island and I thank you very much for your time. I think I'll do... Uh, my COVID song for you. I'll close off with that because we're closing off on... That's drop D for all of you who don't recognize it. The E string on the bottom of the guitar goes down to D. And thank you, Peter. It's been good. Thank you, Baldy. Six feet away from my wife Two meters away from my wife Each day My wife and I are six feet apart I can't get any closer to her heart We did love touching and cuddling and such But now we're sitting two meters apart Six feet away from my wife Six feet away from my best friend Two meters away from my wife each day My wife and I are six feet apart. We're reduced to weird looks and remarks. We did love the kissing. That's something we're missing. Now we're sitting two meters apart. I was on the road for weeks, months sometimes. FaceTime and Skype kept us together. We did love the touching, cuddling and such. Now I couldn't touch her with a peacock feather Six feet away from my wife Six feet away from my best friend Two meters away from my wife each day Hey, hey, I know it's getting old But I gotta repeat it The more we think about it, the safer we'll be. Because we are all six feet away from our best friend.
0: That's this edition of PQB, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thanks for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we'd like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com.
1: The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestcoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestcoastTraveler.com.